for inspectors general investigating and substantiating complaints of whistleblower reprisal, well, that's a difficult task. But the Pentagon's IG says it's having success with a new process that lets victims of retaliation get some relief without waiting for a formal investigation. Over the past six months, the IG resolved nearly three dozen cases through the new alternative dispute resolution process. Neil Guntolek is the DOD's IG director for whistleblower reprisal. He spoke with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu about how ADR works. We'd been wanting to implement an ADR process in whistleblower reprisal investigations for years, and we got the support from it for it from um, Mr. Fine, our Principal Deputy Inspector General, who really understood the value of um, alternative dispute resolution in ensuring fairness and due process to employees. And I'm, I'm virtually quoting a report to Congress from the um, Office of Special Counsel, uh, which was one of our inspirations for doing this. Um, they said in a report to Congress in 2016, ensuring fairness and due process to employees while preventing paralyzing stalemates and disruptions to the conduct of government business. Um, it really boils down to most agencies that deal with whistleblower protection statutes have been offering some form of alternative dispute resolution for years. And it has just made sense in terms of timeliness of resolutions and win-win outcomes um, to, to have offered that. So we figured out that the initial way we would offer it is for employees who are filing reprisal complaints under the con DOD contractor statute. So employees of contractors, subcontractors, um, grantees, subgrantees, and personal services contractors file complaints with us. And since September of 2017, when we, when we established the program, the first stop of those complaints when we get them from the hotline is our ADR team. And there, ADR is offered to the parties, generally first to the complainant, because of course it's, the, it's a complaint-driven process, and if the complainant is not interested in ADR, then it, it stops there. But if the complainant says yes, then we reach out to the employer under those contractor cases, and um, if they're also willing, then we proceed, because alternative dispute resolution is a voluntary process, so there is no way that we could impose it on anyone, and both parties have to agree to do it. The other statute that we receive complaints under that also goes automatically first to ADR is um, the non-appropriated fund instrumentality employees, those are the people who work for the um, morale, welfare, and recreation organizations throughout the DOD. And those also go there. Under our other statutes, sometimes we hand-select ones that see, uh, complaints that seem like they might be amenable to resolution and, and send them to ADR first. And lastly, the, as you know, the vast majority of our complaints are under the military whistleblower protection statute. And those, at the beginning, we held back from the ADR process because there are lots of people who believe that, that in the military context, um, reprisal complaints shouldn't be, be handled via an alternative process. But even under that statute, in the last few months, 
with the encouragement of Mr. Fine, we have been piloting a program where selected um, military cases also are offered ADR. Let me go back to the contractor piece of this, because as I've looked at the OIG's semi-annual reports over the last several years, it, it has seemed like it's been quite hard, or I don't know if hard is the right word, but the rate at which contractor reprisal allegations have been substantiated has been pretty low compared to the other categories. And, and I'm wondering if that's part of the reason you decided to start the ADR process with that category. That's an interesting way to look at it. I I wouldn't say that that's why we wanted to lead with that category. Specifically, um, in the private sector, companies have been dealing with options like uh, some version of ADR in all kinds of their processes for years. And so they're familiar with the concept and understand the advantages of it and are more willing to say yes to the process than maybe others are just because of being in the private sector. So we believed that they would readily agree. And in general, they have. And the how that relates to the substantiation rate is a sort of a tenuous thing, but but it's difficult to substantiate reprisal complaints based on on the kinds of evidence that can be gathered and and so on. And so, you mean in the contractor setting specifically? Um, no, in any setting, it's it's difficult to prove. Yes, and so with ADR, the possibility that a complainant can get some kind of relief and get it much more quickly than through the investigative process is it has just been proven. So an investigation, even when we substantiate a complaint under the contractor statute, what happens is we send the results to the secretary concerned, which is to say whichever secretary is over the um, agency in the department that uh, had that contract. Mm -hmm. And um, it's up to them whether they do anything to offer a remedy or um, take corrective action against the the company that retaliated. So in the process of waiting for that to happen, and and there's been a case that's out in the news for quite a while now that was um, a case that we substantiated against the Lidos company, and the department has not taken any action because it doesn't believe that we reached the right conclusion in our report. So when you compare the possibility that even with a substantiated complaint, no corrective or remedial action might be taken versus a a mutually agreed upon resolution that, that is good for both parties, it's kind of hands down ADR wins. Yeah, because it, as you say, it's mutually agreed upon. Based, based on your experience with the program so far, what's kind of the range of, of remedies and corrective actions that, that tend to come out of, of these dispute resolution processes? Pretty much the same uh, remedies that come out under any kind of whistleblower reprisal uh, circumstance. So it ranges from back wages to lump sum payments, sometimes compensatory damages, uh, sometimes attorney's fees, uh, expungement of disciplinary actions, and 
revised evaluations to reflect actual better performance than was reflected in a retaliatory evaluation, um, or recharacterizing employment records like changing a firing to a resignation um, so that when the, the record would reflect a, a less negative situation. Reemployment can occur, neutral letters of reference, improved working conditions, paying for extended health insurance coverage while the employee searches for new employment. I mean, just like the whole range, the whole gamut. How, how binding are these agreements on, on both the employer side and on, on the employee side? I mean, I, I'm going to assume most people enter into these agreements in good faith, but if they don't follow through on what they agreed to do, is, is there any way to, to, to hold them to it? That wouldn't fall to us to do because it's an agreement between the parties. We aren't mm-hmm. we aren't party to the agreement, but they it falls under regular contract law, and either party could take the other to court to enforce the agreement. But to our knowledge, that hasn't that situation hasn't arisen since we started doing this program. Nilgun Tolik, the Defense IG's director for Whistleblower Reprisal, speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. 